You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody to the 9to5 Entertainment System, episode 101. We talk about amazing stuff. John. We talk about the Montreal Canadiens. We talk about Leonardo DiCaprio and his A Seal of Worth. We talk about Hannaby, which is like the best card game of 2015. R.I.P. Lemmy, who died yesterday. The music of Prince and the Rougeos. And what else, Keith? We also talk about how much the Smashing Pumpkins suck now. Then we talk about video games to close off the podcast. I talk about PS4 title Alien Isolation. John talks about renowned explorers, international adventurers, or something like that. Scott talks about the mobile game Little Alchemist, and then Scott closes off with a special message to the listeners. So stay tuned for that. My back Welcome, means, everybody. Welcome, episode everyone. Holy shit, this rang off the post. To the 9ES. To the 9ES, episode 101. Uh, if this episode turns out to be a little bit shorter than normal, it's because we just recorded half of an episode, and due to some uh, technical foibles... And by foibles, he means extremely professional professionalism by it, Mr. Lechman. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we, made, uh, we made a couple mistakes. We were just talking about... Before, while you were out, John, yeah. the situation of the Montreal Canadiens, which yes. I feel that, that we can talk about that on the podcast when yeah, you talk fresh. about sports. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens were first in the league going into December and have subsequently, I want to say, won like two games in the entire month of December, maybe three. Okay. Uh, but in the standings, where does that In the standings, they're still near the top of their division. So that, but that, Price has been demolished, right? Isn't yeah, that, Price isn't hasn't, that what's Price hasn't yeah. been playing... Uh, yeah, Brendan Gallagher also hasn't been playing. He's one of our uh, one of our like gutsy, energy scoring heart and soul of the team kind of dudes. Right. And uh, so yeah, so the Montreal Canadiens are in uh, in kind of a free fall. They're trying to like put the pieces okay, but back that's together. okay, right? Like they're they're it's not like they're going to miss the playoffs as it's mm-hmm. going right now. Well, can they like if they don't fix it, it'll mm-hmm. happen because like yeah, they're doing good on the top of their division, but they're also only like two or three points ahead of being out of the playoffs. Wow. Like okay. it's, it's a tight. It's a tight playoff race where they, hmm. if they like another week or two of them falling, and they will be out of the playoffs. Wow! Like, like it's a it's a little dire. And on top of that, too, in terms of just like um, the the morale of the team, January first, mm-hmm. Winter Classic, the Montreal Canadiens are playing outdoors in Boston against the Boston Bruins. Oh man! So you like you want to <clears throat> win that one? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you don't want to go in and lose that game. So anyway, so yeah, so the game is on right now, and uh, the Habs uh, just signed a new goalie. They traded Zach Cassian. Zach Cassian, we all know from the did a bunch of cocaine and oh yeah, that smashed guy. his car, yep. <laughs> or uh, uh, let a, a drunk girl drive his car, who then smashed his car, and then was like, I thought it was okay. Anyway, they traded him to the Edmonton Oilers for Ben Scrivens, mm-hmm. who's another goaltender, and they kind of created a scenario where you have Mike Condon and Ben Scrivens sort of like competing. To see who's going to be the backup when Carey Price. Condon's been doing pretty good, if I recall correctly. But not really in December. But no, then again, close. the whole entire team hasn't really been playing in okay. December. Like every like the but Habs, his save percentage is under nine hundred. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, the team hasn't been scoring at all. Like if you're losing games and the Habs only like if you're losing a game three to one, it's not just the it's goalie. not just the goalie. Yeah. Like you need to put more than one goal in one puck in the net for a game, you know? Like, I'm not saying he was helping them a ton. <laughs> like, they're, like, those are the situations where, like, Carey might have stepped up and we would have, like, stole a game winning at one nothing, Right. You know? <laughs> like, because... Anyway. So, yeah. There's that. Hockey. How are we going to do this? Are we going to go back over the same subject? I think so. Yeah. I feel that I already wrote them down. <laughs> so, hey, Scott. Yo. Have you ever heard of Leonardo DiCaprio's theorist seal... Of profound worth. Yeah, I have one myself. Really? Yeah. Where'd it come yeah. from? Where does it come from? What's the organization that hands those out, buddy? Uh, the Profound Worth uh, Theorists. 
So is it? Bit, it so, sounds like Scientology nonsense to me. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but why don't we tell the story? Why are we talking about the theorist seal of profound worth? Keith? If you go <laughs> to Leonardo DiCaprio's Wikipedia page and you look at his awards and nominations subsection and you scroll through his, he has 138 as the number I remember uh-huh. nominations, and he's won 34 times, which doesn't seem like a huge percentage of winning. Like one third to me, less, less than a quarter. third. Yeah. Considering some of the like big awards that he's had. Right. Anyway, on that list, there is a heading with no link to the associated award saying, The Theorist's Seal of Profound Worth. And if you Google that... There's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing at all. So we're trying to figure out what this is, and if maybe it's a secret Scientology award, or if maybe it's or maybe just, just like one of his buddies put it there as a as like a joke, and then it, like maybe like, yeah. like he won it at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like his dad gave it to him. Or maybe, cause, or maybe he was just sort of like, oh, maybe it happens if you get nominated for five Oscars and you never win. You're like, <laughs> you get the theorist seal <laughs> of profound like, worth. Theoretically, you have you've had a you've had a you've had a worthy career. Yeah. You're nominated for five fucking Oscars. But in practice, you do not. So it is still only a theory that you are a good actor. The Leonardo DiCaprio is a good actor theory. <laughs> we don't know because they've never given him an Oscar. Okay, I feel like we've exhausted that one. What's next on the list? <laughs> Scott, final thoughts on uh, the theorist's seal of profound worth. The one I'm still looking it up. You are? There's nothing there's out nothing, there, man. There's fucking nothing out there, man. Anyway, so this is also the time where I feel so bad because I really don't want to talk about this again because like we did it. It wasn't that interesting. It was interesting. It yeah. was just like there was like a level of detail that I didn't really, I don't really want to review, uh-huh. where I talked about an oversight. Okay. On our best of 2016, 2015 oh, yes. list, yeah. which was we usually do. A we section. didn't talk about board games. We didn't talk about any board games, yeah. and we don't always play brand new board games. I mean, although this year I wanted to mention, was Lords of Waterdeep a 2015 game? It was definitely not, but we got into it in 2015. We got the expansion. Yeah. The expansion was, I think, a new. No. No, not no, even. No. I think it was older. Yeah. Huh. Well, there was Elder Chore also had expand had Elder Chore had expansions of 2015 that we played. That's true. That is, and we did true. enjoy it, but I, it didn't enter like as intensely the rotation as uh, Arkham Horror did. I yeah. Think, I think we're just done with that level of game. Maybe. I guess so. It might come back. Anyway, this is a game that we wanted to talk about. Uh, it was a game that we've all played extensively. Yep. Uh, all of us. All of us. I got to 23 points. That's my big. <laughs> With, we haven't even mentioned the title of the game. Yeah. John's like, I got to 23 points. High score. <laughs> uh, a game called Hanabi. Yeah. Uh, where you, it is a cooperative game where you hold your cards facing outwards. So, like, your hand is your yeah. the other players at the tables' hand. If you imagine kinda. there's five suits numbered one to five, mm-hmm. and you are trying to, as a team, build up piles counting upwards one to five sorted by suit and you play out of your hand but you don't know what's in it unless somebody gives you clues exactly yeah. so the whole system that you kind of end up with is a play is a situation where you're um you're giving like you get to see most of what's going on except for what you actually control right so you have like you have an idea of what's happening always and and on top of that too you share information with people like so like when john and i are talking about what the next move should be we don't know what we have, but we'll know what, say, Scott and Sarah has. Mm-hmm. And we can see each other's. So we try not to give, like, clues away and all that stuff in that in that regards. But there's, like, a whole, like, a brilliantly simple execution. It sounds like it's just a memory game where you're, like, you just need to remember the clues that are given to you and you just play the cards and it's going to be super easy. But the game implements a system of, like, clue tokens yep. where if you use up all your clue tokens, you then need to discard blindly. And when you discard, you regenerate one clue. And also the deck itself, when you finish drawing cards, the game is over. So a perfect game is making five piles of five, which 25 is 25. Points. We've never done that. John said he said had set a score yeah. for 23. And uh, I think the highest I've done is 22. It's tough. It's real tough. Have you played two players? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it's two players. Like it is... still handles. It's like a different game kind of because yeah. you kind of you got to pass control. Who is giving clues versus who is playing goes back and forth. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's kind of neat. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I've done it two players too, and that's why I was gonna say I recommend it also to Scott. I don't know, yeah. Scott, you and Pac-Man sometimes play games together, or is that was that very, a thing before? Very rarely. That was a thing before having a baby. Yeah, once we get the kid down, we kind of like we'll either veg or watch a bit of TV, and then then that's it. We're like we're done. Donezo. Yeah. Yep. So, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, I was having a conversation with him about childhood, 
or having having ch- adulthood, parenthood, yep. and having children. And he was saying, so this is kind of hilarious, because he was talking like, oh, with Sarah and I getting married, they were like, is kids the next step? And we're like, not really. Mm-hmm. And we're like, the more we see our friends having children, like the, the less you the want less to. and less. Like, like Sarah and I were like more into having kids when we started dating eight years ago than huh. we are now, which is, I think, the opposite of how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to get into your early 30s and late 20s, and, like, biological clocks are supposed well, to... Well, unless you're just, just not in the cards for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he was saying, he said that, like, parenthood so, like, so thoroughly transforms you as a person. He's like, you are a different person. And he's like, you are so much of a different person. He's like, that you're not even able to properly evaluate if parenthood <laughs> was, like, rewarding and better than before parenthood. Because you're judging it by the new standards, and you're not the same person exactly. as before. Exactly, and you are not the same person. So you're like, I can't even say which one was better. And he's like, I, I, he's like, there is, he's like, there's, like, a zillion rewarding moments of, like, parenthood. And I'm, he's like, I feel super happy, but my life is so different from pre-parenthood. This sounds a lot to me like someone who thinks that it, it was not worth it, and he just does not want to say so. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, I, Scott, obviously, you're you're a dad, and I mean, Jaime's a dad, and, like, mm-hmm. you guys seem to, you talk fairly fondly of it, but you're also, like, your lives are still completely different from pre-kids. Oh, yeah. Totally different. Uh, would not go back and undo it. But, exactly, but can you, but do you look back, like, but if you had not had a kid, you wouldn't know that you like what having a kid was like he's like the he's like the two experiences are so separated he's mm-hmm. like that he's like not ha- he's like having a kid not having a kid seems like impossible not and not having a kid having a kid seems impossible he's like both groups are not equipped to evaluate the actual like rewards and like drawbacks of the other you know because it's like like to john and i are looking at kids and we're like that seems dumb mm-hmm. but we don't have them so like we don't know and i mean actually i know john wants kids right like Kind of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I just thought it was kind of interesting that they were like, it's such a transformative experience that you just have no way of knowing which one's better because they're just, it's like they don't compare at all. Like, the rewards of one are so completely different from the rewards of the other and, like, what makes you happy in one is so different from what makes you happy in the other that you're like, it's not to say one is better than the other, they're just... Not really sure where you're going with all that. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I don't, you're just kind of talking in circles too. I don't, I don't... Your mom's talking in circles. I can... I, I can say really certainly that, yeah, there are a lot of things I'm not able to do that I would like to do because I have a kid. Mm-hmm. But having a kid is like more important than doing those things. Because that's it. Because you have one. Yeah, <laughs> that's like my entire well, point. Is that because I didn't, you I didn't always have one? No. And geez, I was in my mid thirties when he was born. It's not like I was 18 years old and going like, holy shit, I don't get to experience adulthood. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was a grown man by the time my son was born. That's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can say pretty certainly, like, I know what life is without a kid. Yeah, but can you can you say which one was better? Do you think a kid is automatically better? For me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted one. I suppose. Just going to leave it like, at that. You be the judge, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 90s finally answering the question is is having a kid better than not answer listener you be the judge what's next on the list Keith? uh we had some sad news yesterday guys we uh, i found out I, I i saw it via a facebook update and Let i was me like, and i was like i hope it's not true mm-hmm. and then i had to google it and i was like it's true. But you knew it was going to happen. He's been like canceling shows and seven. screwing up shows for this whole year. Yeah, he was 70. seventy. Yeah, yeah, he just turned seventy at the beginning of the month, and apparently he had found out he had had cancer. He he found out he had cancer on the twenty sixth. Two days before. Yeah, two days beforehand. Jeez. I mean, presumably he found out he and he he found out he was at home, yeah. right? And I was going to tell the story again because it's a fun yeah, story. <laughs> and the listeners don't know it yet. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so uh, he always plays those video games on the rain uh, at the Rainbow, which is like the uh, famous LA bar that's just up the street from where Lemmy lives. If you watch the Lemmy documentary, you probably know that. And like, even like Dave Roll talks about him kind of being there, 
like and just like hold not holding court because he doesn't talk with anybody. He just right. like goes into the corner, sets goes right, to Lemmy's his, corner, goes to his favorite video machine and just fucking plays those games. Yeah. And so they, I guess, either for maybe for his seventieth birthday, maybe for Christmas, or maybe because he was just getting sick or whatever, they actually put his favorite machine moved it to his house it's just down the street like right. it literally is apparently like a block away so yeah, they moved his favorite machine into his house so he could like sit there and play at home hmm. possibly due to failing health and he was like i guess got a text message or something because he said he was like literally playing on his video machine or maybe got a phone call when he died when, no not when he died but when he got the information that he had cancer huh. and then he died like two days later which i as i mentioned begs the question like <laughs> Did he die of cancer two days later, or did he just be like, fuck it, and then just, like, do all of the drugs? For two days. Yeah, for two yeah. days. Because apparently he's been, like, living relatively sober. Like, uh, I, really? I say relatively. I yeah. mean, like, just Lemmy's Jack. <laughs> like, no, no, just... no, he got off the Jack in 2007. Didn't he switch to clear liquors? Like, this was a big deal. He had, In an interview, he he's was like, like... No more brown. Yeah, no more brown. I'm going to clear liquors for my health. <laughs> exactly. Like, apparently he hasn't yeah. been doing drugs and stuff. He was still... I, I mean, I don't know, maybe in the last year or so, right. even turned off of alcohol. Maybe. But apparently he got away from all the hard drugs and everything in the past couple of years. Huh. But couldn't you, wouldn't you, if you were like, there's cancer, it's terminal, you're, you're Lemmy. Yeah. Isn't what? he famously quoted, though, as being like, if I died tomorrow, it would be all right, because fucking... Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, that, that is a Lemmy thing. But wouldn't, if you had terminal cancer, uh-huh. and you were Lemmy Kilmister... You're saying you wouldn't just be like, fuck it, and just, like, call up the dealers and just, like, let's fucking go. Um, no. No, I would still try and drag it out. Really? Get as much experience out of the the, the old life as I could. What sure. more could you experience as Lemmy? Every day is a new possibility, Keith. I don't think it really is for Lemmy anymore. It, I'm sure it is. There's plenty of stuff. There's too much to do in this world that he you He just would... goes up the street to the rainbow and plays a video machine, and now he doesn't even have okay, to do but that. but maybe it house. would change his perspective, knowing that he now has limited amount of time. Maybe I feel that he's go known he's had else. limited time for a yeah, while. Probably. I feel that, like, Lemmy's been on borrowed time since the 90s. <laughs> like... <laughs> And in that time, put out how many new albums? 22. Right. No, that's total. But, like, since he was on Borrowed Time. Oh, fuck. Ten. Whatever. Still, like, five or ten, which is still better than most of us are going to put out in our last ten years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Him and, I guess, Prince. Like when Prince I... is on Borrowed Time? Not, not Borrowed. knows what Prince I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. But when we talk about, like, just prolific careers, like, I'm yeah. like, there's... How many... Scott... Yeah. You're in front of a computer. I want to know how many albums the Rolling Stones brought out. Studio albums. I feel like that's also going to be in the 20s. You think? Yeah. It should be. Yeah. Oh, man. They put out record after record. Yeah, but a lot of them are greatest hits. We talked about this <laughs> when, uh, to the, the Lost episode that the listeners will never know, that uh, Motorhead had, what, 12 yeah. compilations? Out of 22 nine albums. Com- nine live albums, 12 best ofs. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and 22 studio albums. Which I think the only, the only other, pr- like, I know that Prince, if you look up Prince's career, yeah. it's fucking insane, because he has brought out an album a year for 30 years. Seriously? There's, I think there's one year that he took off. That's ridiculous. Like, and the year that he took off, I think, was Purple Rain, because he was involved a lot in the movie. Like, Holy shit, the Rolling Stones. 29 <laughs> studio albums. Jesus. Wow. 13 live albums. Okay. 24 compilations. Wow. 20 video albums. So it's 20, like, DVD... Yeah, I guess. Right. Like, okay. Shine the Light and whatever. 109 singles and five box sets. Plus seven official bootlegs. <laughs> what the hell, Rolling yeah. Stones? Official bootlegs? <laughs> Holy shit. That's nuts. 29 studio albums. And there, I don't... What the fuck are those new songs? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard something new from the Rolling Stones that's really Any... gotten to me here. Yeah. Look up Prince, Scott. Look up Prince. Yeah, Prince is the other big one. Studio yeah. albums. The last Rolling Stone studio album was 2005, though. Wow. They hmm. take, they're, but they're still playing. touring. Yep. Oh, yeah. And apparently they still put on a good show. I guess he, like, struts around and does his thing thing. Were you looking up Prince, Scott? Yeah, I'm looking up Prince right now. Yeah. The other crazy part about this Prince. This article is about the royal title for the musician, see Prince. Nice. Uh, the other thing about Prince is that there's also he, he did like this weird, um, like radio show 
where he would like put out a lot of like stuff that he had never released and like all these like really? all these like weird unproduced tracks and there's like apparently like over a hundred hours of stuff and it's not stuff that like matches up with releases. He's like, here's some shit. That Isn't I that have. what um what's his name said when he went to go do the documentary yeah, with him? Yeah, yeah. That he just has like a vault full of Kevin albums. Smith. Kevin Smith, yeah, he yeah, has exactly. a vault full of albums and work that just never come out. Yeah, exactly. Studio right. albums, more or less than the Rolling Stones. More. more. I say thirty one. Thirty nine studio albums. Ten more full albums. Ten more full <laughs> length ju- albums. And he started later, right? Rolling Stones started in the sixties, I wanna yeah. say. And Prince probably started what late seventies, seventy eight. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So like, <laughs> so yeah, hang on, seventy eight, eighty eight. It's more than an album a year. Yeah, exactly. More than an album a year. Holy for thirty Christ. fucking years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just fucking pooping music. There's... Yeah, but yeah. is any of it good? Nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand three. All had two albums. Yeah. Two thousand four <laughs> had three albums. <laughs> He put out three albums in 2004. Can you name one song from the year 2000 on that Prince did? Because I sure as fuck can. I don't know. I All I know, this is... He's got over 130 music videos. Jesus. All I know is that I saw he was on um, Saturday Night Live. Okay. And he played stuff that I had not heard of and was good. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I guess when you... Like, like only the most fucking... And, oh, yeah. I was listening to the, the Jim Mafood podcast. Okay. And they, he, he, he talked about going to Prince. And he was like, I did not recognize most of the music he was playing at the yeah, show. Yeah. It was good. And it was Prince. But I'm like, only the most fucking devout Fans. like fan yeah. will know what... If it's an hour, uh, an album, he has 40 hours of stuff that he could do. Like, who knows that by heart? You know, like... Prince. only prince yes he's he's released a ton of singles yeah the last one to chart in the u.s charts was in 2006 a song called black sweats his last (laughs) number so dirty all of prince's work sounds dirty like that though Mm, his last number one song single was cream from 1991 oh yeah yeah and before that was bat dance nice yep but yeah, I mean, I I don't think he, I don't think he gives a shit about fucking making so like about making charts and stuff. He's probably like album. Does he tour with it? Eh. He's just gonna do what Prince does. Like in a, a bunch of times in 2015, he did like secret shows where like hmm. like his show in Montreal got announced two days before. Wow, like, and probably still sold out. Like or or at least did well. Was yeah. So expensive and sold out so fast. Yeah, tickets were super expensive. It was like cabaret style. Like you sat at a table. Wow. Neat. I would have and fucking I like I would probably would have paid a hundred bucks to go to that. Tickets were like three hundred bucks. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy expensive, and it sold out like right away, right, right, right away. Yeah, because it was it was limited seating, right? They did it was a, the small setting for the Bell Center, like it was only like one uh, huh. one half of the. Thing. Wait, wait, wait! It was three hundred bucks each at a Bell Center show. No, it wasn't a Bell Center show. It was like Metropolis. It was like a theater. Something, yeah, it was like a small... Maybe, maybe Place des Arts. Maybe. Something like that. Yeah, 300 is a bit much. Either it's way. Super expensive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Announced it two days beforehand, being like, I feel like playing a show in Montreal. I did it. And like, he did that a bunch this year. Like, yeah. I don't think, exactly, I don't think he's like, gotta tour, gotta fucking make that money and sell that merch. He's like, I'm Prince. Yeah. I don't have to do it. I'll do it when I feel like <laughs> I'm four and a half feet tall. <laughs> exactly. I've produced fucking more music than anyone in the world. What else is on the list? What else is on the list? Uh, we on? Oh yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Hang on. We'll just we'll just touch on Lemmy. Okay. Yeah. I guess we'll we'll finish up with Lemmy. Yeah. B- died uh, ending his battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um. And I guess I mean was like a legend. Absolutely. Like certainly yeah. like. I was trying to like think of like people who were like up there who are like still alive like maybe like Paul McCartney, Ozzy. who Ozzy, Ozzy, yeah. yeah, Ozzy's Ozzy's up there. Keith Richards, yeah, like yeah. Guess Stones, Richards yeah. Jagger, yeah, Bowie, I suppose. Bowie, Bowie. oh, um, Bowie's uh, one of the uh, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bowie is one of those ones when you look at guys like fucking Iggy Pop and Ozzy mm-hmm. and even Lemmy and stuff. Like Lemmy looked good, but Bowie looks fucking fine. Like, Bowie looks super good for a guy coming up on what's... what? How I, old, I wonder about that. How old is 68. David Bowie? 68. 68. If, if, if they have discovered some sort of life-extending kind of drug, 
those are the people who are going to get their hands on it first. Yeah, but they all look like shit. Not all of them, man. A lot of old, a lot of like famous actor type people look really good into their fucking seventies. I suppose. I find that of that group, of yeah. the group that we know did all the drugs. Yeah. Like Bowie's the one that looks like he didn't do all. The did drugs. you see him in the Black Sun video that yeah. just came out? Yeah. yeah. He looked totally fucking. He looked. He looked like he could have come out of, out of like walked off of set for Labyrinth onto pretty much the, the Black Sun. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, obviously, there's makeup and shit. Yeah, and, yeah, and course, whatever else going on. But it's like, like I said, like we've seen, we've seen Ozzy, we've seen Lemmy, we've seen like they look like they've had hard times. You know, like yeah. Alice Cooper, all them like. They look okay. And, and Bowie did his share of the drug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he just, I was like, what the fuck did Bowie just like dodge a bullet? And he was like, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> just like, anyways, <laughs> on so, Mars. <laughs> on Mars. Yeah, so Sophie's not here to, to talk about it, but she's, I'm sure, probably pretty broken up about it. Like, mm-hmm. she, she loved Lemmy and loved Motorhead. And uh, I guess, yeah. And we yeah. talked about this uh, also on the podcast that nobody heard. And I I'm keep looking saying at that, and I'm like, David Bowie from this year. Yeah. Uh, he looks better than I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, we talked about that Lemmy has made three songs for the rest of Triple H. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and like, like, not Motorhead songs, like theme songs for the Triple H character. Are they credited to Lemmy or are they credited to Motorhead? I don't know. I know Motorhead played one of them at mm-hmm. one of the WrestleManias, but I think but it, that could be Motorhead covering Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I don't know if they're they're credited because I know a lot of a lot of. I'd have to check, but I'm sure. I think some Motorhead stuff is just credited to written by Lemmy. Right. Like <clears throat> performed by like written by Lemmy, performed by Motorhead. Mm. So I think that might be what the situation is. Anyway, so yeah, so Paul Levesque, aka Triple H. Uh, requested him to make a cover of "Sympathy for the Devil" mm-hmm. to uh, so tying together it's, Lemmy and the Rolling Stones. It's credited to Motorhead. It's credited to Motorhead. Huh. Yeah, on the uh, yeah, and then it was like a, a good enough cover that they actually put it onto the 22nd studio album called "Bad Magic." So, uh, which I listened to and was pretty good. It yeah. was. Uh, was it? Did it all still sound like Motorhead? It sounds like, like Motorhead. Yeah. Like you're just sort of like, here's a new Motorhead. Sounds way older. I I, I highly recommend uh, listening to that cover of "Sympathy for the Devil." It sounds, in a way, like cooler than the original because Lemmy sounds old as shit. Yeah. In it, and it sounds like I was like, this is like, it kind of sounds more. Is this like the the Nin Hurt cover from Johnny Cash a little? Not really, because, like, he still yells it a bit and okay. stuff, and but, like, his yell sounds, like, really rough. Like, that's one thing about the album. Like, he sounds old. Yeah. Like, the music's so heavy, Lemmy sounds old. 70, as... and he put an awful lot of miles into the old chassis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, yeah, but just but that particularly, like, a song from the point of view of the devil, like, just hearing, like, this old, like, raspy British voice, like, it, yeah. it, there's, like, there's something, like, poetic about, like, it sounds like an old fucking grizzled version of the devil sure and less a sexy I'm gonna listen to it on the way out of here I can't wait less a sexy Mick Jagger yeah. devil <laughs> um, anyway so yeah we talked about as to whether or not Motorhead started sucking or not and I was like I don't no, think so yeah. I think that they kind of did it and then we, did, then we talked about bands that started sucking yeah what that's so negative I don't want to talk I about think, these I think bands. Motorhead had Ace of Spades and then everything else Motorhead I don't know. I, I feel like there are diehard Motorhead fans who would disagree with you and say that Ace of Spades is not their, gres- their best song. Yeah, but it's their best song. <laughs> <laughs> it was on, uh, I, was right. on, I was on Squared Circle, and they were, there, was a, there was an R.I.P. Lemmy thread due to his, I guess, involvement, involvement yeah. with the WWE, right? Like, he's one he's of the... He's there a bunch of pay-per-views, yeah. Yeah, he, he's been at a bunch of pay-per-views. He's one of the only guys except for, like, Jim Johnston who's written multiple songs for them, right? <laughs> like... It's kind of, they're like, yeah, I guess he is, sort is that of. the guy who's saying about the evils of masturbation? Jim Johnson? That's Daniel Johnson. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Jim, John- Jim Johnson oh, is. Oh, man. If I ever became a, pro- a professional wrestler, I want Daniel Johnson to write my theme music. <laughs> Just like, bring, bring, bring. Clap Scott. your hands. Scott's Clap coming your- down the road. Here's Scott. <laughs> he has a kid named Archer. <laughs> Scott, ring, ding, 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 ding. Scott, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Daniel Johnson. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm there. I mean, if even forget that, I'm gonna put Daniel Johnson into the next wrestling video game I get. I'm gonna make the entrance music all his stuff. <laughs> Play online and just freak other people. The custom music. Uh, be the best. Are you allowed to do that in the new games? 
I know you you can if you have your own music on the hard drive you can throw throw in your own uh, your intro own intro music. but I don't know I don't know if you can do it online. Yeah, there'd be <clears> legality <throat> issues there. Yeah, exactly. But if you could, well, <laughs> yeah. You, is there, there's no uh, entrance music, I guess, for uh, Wrestling Unlimited or whatever that game you play, right? There is. Um, but, like, when you come to my profile, it plays the song that I've selected. Dude. Daniel Johnston. Daniel Johnston. <laughs> Time for a gimmick change right, for 2016. Yeah. Right now, it's Celine Dion, so, yeah, maybe Daniel Johnston will switch it up. <laughs> but Celine Dion is your fucking intro music? I'm playing a heel, but you have to remember that everyone else who's playing the game is a wrestling fan, right? Right, right. So they're all like, I like The Rock. I like I like Stone Cold. Stone Cold I like music by Corn and Limp Bizkit. And your heart will go on? Yeah, so when they come to visit me, it's like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, yeah, that's how a heel acts. Speaking yeah, he pisses off. everyone off. Speaking of French-Canadian heels, yeah. Scott, you'll actually appreciate this. Um, RDS produced, it'll have already been out by the time this episode comes out, but I really, really want to watch it. Uh, there's a, a new documentary that comes out on the 30th, so it might be available on their website or something. Uh, a documentary about the Rougeos. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And the the trailer for it looks fucking like fantastic. Like, uh, if you don't know, Rougeos are like classic strongmen. The Rougeos, are, no, the Rougeos are a wrestling family from Quebec. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wrestling, family the from wrestling Quebec. family. The and the Pat Laprade's in the commercial. If Pat Laprade was on, go plug yourself. Pubbing, pushing his book, uh, Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs. Mm-hmm. The st- story of the Montreal Territory and wrestling, and how important it was historically and stuff. And Neat. was like a huge. Huge. It's always been a big, big, big wrestling market, in large part because of the Rougeos. He was saying that they're actually the only fourth gener- four generational wrestling family, huh. because they like they predate even the like the early the first like the so called first generation of wrestling. They predate that stuff because they're like from like old school fucking Quebec carnies. Are there stuff. any Rougeos who are in WWE right now that people would recognize? Not presently in wwe but there's people who have like wrestled in this generation and stuff like their their last heyday in the wwe was uh what the 90s scott yeah yeah the fabulous rougeau brothers and uh jacques rougeau wrestled as the mountie yeah exactly hmm. who was a, a big time. a big and boss he man came back and wrestled with air call as the mounties yeah like jacques jacques rougeau wrestled hulk hogan so like at their hmm. at their jacques rougeau beat hulk hogan in the montreal form yeah, neat. Not at a Hogan. Hogan let him. Hogan put him over clean for for a big match at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. If so you like, talk to Jacques, Jacques is a a big fan of Hogan for letting him do that. It's like you know, a lot of people give Hogan crap for never wanting to put anyone over, but he put me over in, in the Montreal Forum, and I'll never forget that. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, so this uh, this documentary looks uh, looks pretty cool. Like they're. Uh... It's on RDS. Yeah, it's on RDS. It's coming out uh, like. December thirtieth. So, but I, I I guess a lot of their stuff ends up on YouTube and whatever because it's like RDS. It's not a normal yeah, yeah. normal thing. But yeah, it's, it looks super cool. It has all the all the brothers and all that stuff and and just uh, and yeah. I hope I hope that one of the guys gets made in. But you're just like a family of that like basically has been like a century of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like it's fucking crazy. Super cool. Um. We did talk about Dave Grohl versus Billy Corgan. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know if we should. Know. If we need it's to, a little if we need artificial to, to force our way back into. If we that need one. to review that topic, or if I can cross it off the list. Uh, Dave Grohl's fun. Billy Corgan isn't. Moving on. <laughs> oh, hang on. No, I do want to play this game. <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins haven't broken up. Right. They are presently a band. John. Oh no! I no, can't do exactly. This. No, no, no. Because I think that you don't know the name of the other guy, even I don't. though you just heard. There's it. only two people <laughs> in the Smashing Pumpkins right now. One of them is Billy Corgan. The other guy is Jeff Schroeder. Je- something like that. Jeff Schroeder. Jeff Schroeder, who joined like two albums ago. Because so how are there only two people in there's that? There's been band? like four albums since I've No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Six. There's been four since I've Okay. Right, like that, and that, the last oh. album that I oh yeah, because Juan wasn't was another yeah, band. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Then there was Machina, which was shitty, and then there were three other albums. Yeah, which I have not heard of, and like I listened to the Buzz a lot. Yeah, no, I I know that I put them on because I was a, I was a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. I, like I put them on and was like eh, and then just mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. went back. Like totally forgettable. Uh, oh, Zeitgeist was such a bad record. It was such a bad record. Yeah, and but that that was the one where he was just trying to rehash. Without any of the soul from um, uh, Melancholy. 
Well, he brought Jimmy Chamberlain back for Zeitgeist. Right. So there's like lots of banging drums, but like the music is not. Well, because didn't they put Jimmy Chamberlain at all? Didn't they replace him by a drum machine on Avador and yeah. uh, Machina? There, there was there was heroin issues, and they asked him to leave. Yeah, no, but they didn't replace him with a drummer. They replaced him with a, a, drum, a drum machine. machine. But that was the Avador sound. Like, they were trying to do a little more. I guess so. Yeah. So, uh, if you had to choose in the uh, the, the the battle of the bassists. Okay. If you had to spend the, like, if you had to have one night with Darcy or Melissa Hoftemeyer. What year is it? Yeah. At their peak. Because I know Darcy got Darcy. rough. I saw some of those photos. <laughs> Yeah, if you look up Darcy and TMZ, it's it's not pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about it before I did. I was like, Ugh. So, yeah. Uh, at, their, at their peak, it's like 1993? Yeah, let's say. Darcy. Probably Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. Yeah? Why not? Good Melissa Oftemeyer. Huh. Local girl. Local girl? Yep. There's like Nick Oftemeyer connection. That's pretty cool. I want to hear some stories about Nick. If Nick's still alive, definitely Melissa. I feel like we missed him by just yeah, a couple of years. With the time we spent. Did I ever tell you the story when I ran into him? Oh, at that, the book Pumpkins. signing, eh? What happened? So I went to see Smashing Pumpkins before Melissa joined. So Darcy was still on the band. It mm-hmm. was the Ava tour. Okay. Um, and my mother got luxury box tickets to this concert. Wow. And she wanted to see Cracker, who was opening for them. Okay. So she was like, well, I'm I got six tickets. It's, it's company tickets. I'm going to come with you to the concert. Crazy. I was like, yeah. all right, that's fine. I'm getting free tickets to go see Pumpkin, so I'm, I'm down with that. And as the concert's over, we walk out of the box, and walking towards us, my mom's like, hey, that's Nick Oftemar. And I'm like, hey, that is Melissa Oftemar. <laughs> we both walked over, and we both chatted with uh, them. The Oftemars. I was like, hey. Yeah. Optimars. Melissa was with Hole. Yeah, she, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, was she was still with Hole. She was still with Hole. So we were talking about that. And I was chatting with her. She was super nice. My mom was chatting with her dad. And that was like really a weird, surreal celebrity encounter. A weird That's moment amazing. of like, like synchronicity between the generations. Meeting. <laughs> Separated icons. <laughs> yeah. Meeting. Uh, she was like, so you came to the concert with your mom? And I was like, says you. Same with your dad. <laughs> yeah, no, you you're did. like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's how that went. Yeah, but you're like, but my dad's Nick Oftema. <laughs> you're like, well, my mom she, is Miss McIver, whatever. <laughs> I'm Miss McIver. Uh, no, uh, she, she wasn't using McIver then. Yeah, right. exactly. She was Mrs. Scott's mom, as she will yep. forever more be. Uh, how my we doing? I went to a lot of rock concerts though. I- Gotta get 25 minutes. Okay, so we, we basically we, we took... we're we're at the hour right here where we're all running out of steam. And... No, 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 exactly. Remember that's it. But we've also we've also covered all the stuff that we twice that we did twice. So, so, we can... so now we can move into new things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Christmas, man. Nobody's done anything new since the I, week I think... ago when we recorded our last it's, one. But that was a year in review. Oh yeah, that's true. And we could have. I feel that we've seen movies. I feel Star like... Wars. We did. We did an entire an entire podcast about that. devoted to Star Wars. Yeah. Did Scott. you see it, Scott? No, yeah. No, not yet. Oh man, you're missing out, buddy. I think I'm just gonna watch it online. Somebody's gonna spoil it for you. This is this was actually worth it I to know. see it on the big screen and to to see the 3D stuff because it was pretty cool. Yeah, you're getting in. You're getting into like there are some spoilers that are big enough that it'll be shitty to have ruined. Yeah. And yeah. you're getting into the area of where it's everybody okay. has yeah. seen it, and you're just gonna hear people talking about it on the metro. And man, that's that. Why would I be on the metro without headphones? I don't know, man. Whatever. You work in a, you work in a public place with like a restroom. Accidents re- happen, man. A waiting room. And this is something that you should not have accidentally spoiled. Exactly. This is just this is just Keith covering his own ass. Because <laughs> when he spoils it in like three days, he'd be like, "I told you, you should have seen it." I told get you. you. Boarding. It's almost been two weeks now, man. Okay, so if not that, then what else? Um, I was gonna say that I picked back up. Uh, um. I probably talked about this a year ago, okay? Because it was like last holidays when I played it, and I, it just had been—it was too much first-person shooteriness, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of put it down. Alien Isolation. Oh yeah, and no, uh, I feel like we talked about this like a year ago, like yeah. when I when yeah. I picked I picked it up because I just played Far Cry Four, yeah. And then Alien Isolation was, even though it's not really a first-person shooter, it was still mm-hmm. first-person, and I just wasn't like, I just wasn't feeling it, and I kind of wanted to like change it up, so like I moved. I think. The next game I played, I played a lot of Binding of Isaac instead. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just like you need, you need a, 
You need a change of pace sometimes, John. Yeah. <laughs> I understand, <laughs> man. I it's always like league something else, league something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so I picked back up uh, Alien Isolation, and I'm and I'm gonna beat it this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's it, it's still delivering, and I think it's it's now on sale in a lot of places. I think I saw it on Boxing Day for like twenty bucks. Yeah, it's over a year old. I'm sure you can get it on the cheap somewhere. Yeah, exactly. uh, like uh, everything I read about it said that it was like an attempt to do the stealth horror thing better than has been done before and mm-hmm. it like it in a sense it's less fun as a game because it stays so true to the the artistic angle of what it's trying to do yep yep there's I, i'll tell you i mean so you guys either are going to play this or you aren't going to play this i mean like the storyline is that an alien is on a space station mm-hmm. <laughs> the end no like so you're uh you're play, you play ripley's daughter yep uh it's like 15 years after the accident of the nostromo and the company has uh basically found the black box and you work for the company you work mm-hmm. for Wayland Utani and you're going to the space station where they found it and then the, the people that found it also found the derelict from uh, the first movie and then also had a face hugger and a chest buster and now shit's gone downhill from there right so it's like the space station basically in the setting the space station was already all run down mm-hmm. like because it was like it was supposed to be it's kind of neat because they introduced a new company called Siegson. Okay. And like Siegson is like the budget Wayland Utani. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it it's like it's super like their their androids are called like working Joes. Uh-huh. And they're like these like plain white face like emotionless people and they were like we don't try to make them have personalities cuz they're machines. Yeah. You know and it's like where's the Wayland Utani androids they are try to be like passable. super yeah. super human, you know, like and and obviously, but it makes them more creepy when you have to run into them in a dark corridor. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. And and so like the like the whole and like as you go through the game, you're kind of like finding all these little like computer terminals that have like little emails back and forth, like mm-hmm. corporate emails. So you can kind of piece together the like the Seekson story, <laughs> and you're just like how they made their billions, kind of producing like uh, like low budget Budget-y. aftermarket parts for like Wayland Utani. Hmm. stuff like just like space anyway they built this big giant space station part of it to produce these androids and part of it whatever and it was supposed to be like a utopia space station and then i was the it all goes to fucking shit because all the colonial stuff goes to shit in aliens right and so this is a video game we have to go around reading corporate emails yep (laughs) best game ever (laughs) things have gotten crazy while you haven't been playing video games scott (laughs) (laughs) well no it's because you you always go to these like these access terminals and there's usually like something else to do at the access terminal, like unlocking like a set of like, a door or like a corridor or like whatever. There's something else you could do at the terminal. But then you can also like kicking around on the terminal is like the guy's email. So like you can read that if you want it to. It, right. It's not it's not part of the game and it doesn't like change the game or anything. But you're like, yeah, it's there. So like I'm at this computer. I might as well might as well snoop for some aliens. I mean, snoop for some information. As long as there's aliens in the vents that could grab you at any time. And yeah, and anyway, recommended. I, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I just wow, think like glowing, glowing. It does what it what it does. It does incredibly well. It does it almost too well though that it, it sometimes like because the alien is when the alien's around. Uh, the way I understand from the programming is if you imagine the world uh, like a level sort of floating in like a three D void. Yep. Right. Like you, you have your little corridors and all that stuff. So the alien sprite thing is moving around the outside of the level and mm-hmm. has various entrance points to kind of mimic the way that the alien can move through the vents and stuff. Right, right. So it's like it can be moving around you in places where you, n- you can't always get to as a player. Yep. Right? Which, I mean, like, it, it, it's fine. And, like, sometimes you're kind of, like, you're, like, looking around. And I think it's smart enough to never be, like, in space. Like, okay. they, they just, like, so you can never be, like, boop, boop. And you, like, look out that window and you're, like, that's a space window. The alien is there. But, like, but a lot of the times the alien is in places where you can't access. Can't get to. But okay. you can... But you can see him on the motion sensor. Right. And I mean, presumably it's a space station, so presumably there is space there, even if I can't get to that on sure, a level. Sure, sure, sure. But as a result of that mechanic, there's only one alien, and it's moving around in real time while you're moving around. Like, sometimes the level can be almost impossible, because it also kind of, like, senses on your movement and stuff. And if you make too much noise, you, like, knock over some bottles, right. it'll, like, latch onto you. And sometimes you're just like... I can't get out of this. I just can't get out of this. The yeah. alien just dropped down, and now it's, like, cornering me, and I'm dead. What do you just... do if it's, like, actually in your face? Like, presumably you can't... You die yeah. most of the time. Uh, if you have a flamethrower, you can kind of shoot it in the face of the flamethrower, and it'll run away, but it'll come back angry. So it's, huh. like, you can, like, 
can like shoot it with a flamethrower and then fucking like hightail it and maybe try to hide somewhere get somewhere that you can hide or whatever like <clears throat> so like and even then the flamethrower only shows up maybe like 20 hours in like wow. mo- most of the time alien sees you and it dies there's a lot of improvised little items that you can make like there's like a there's a, a scavenger uh, crafting mm-hmm. element to the game where you can like make a noisemaker and like set the noisemaker off it'll be like woo 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 and the alien will like run at that but then as soon as it knows it like doesn't have like a heartbeat or whatever it'll like it'll work like once right you know it won't stay like looking at the the thing forever but it's like you can kind of like distract it down a hall and then like so so for this year old game you're saying recommend i i recommend it if you're ready to die a lot <laughs> and and dying a lot in a way that like the, and like i said the, the part where i'm like wavering on the recommendation is that sometimes you die and it's just not fair but at the same time i'm like if that would kind of be the experience of being on a space station with an alien yeah yeah yep. you'll <laughs> die a lot and it's gonna be unfair <laughs> no but you know what i mean it it's like, like- Sorry? Like, if you played AVP, that sounds like what the human mission was. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. Did you play AVP? No, not really. Oh, my God, it was the best. Yeah. So scary. Like and, you're, and ha- the, you're just a like... predator, and you're like, yay, I'm going to kill everything. You get alien, and you're like, I'm walking up and down. I, I'm so lost. I don't know what. I move at the speed of light. On all surfaces yeah. on the floor. And, yep. And then you play human, and you're just like, I peed myself. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Like, there's, like, long set sections of this game where you're hiding in a cupboard, like... <laughs> Looking at them. That's great. Look, <laughs> fucking video games, yeah. man. They're so good. <laughs> video games are so oh, John, good. John, this is a PS4 cover. This game, is, this cover is rendered like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, that, you, that cover. You, you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's little notes and stuff because this is someone's fucking cover. Like, yeah. it's like, so, like especially when you're hiding in a locker. So you're sometimes you're like, hmm, and you're just like reading these little <laughs> notes that are stuck to the inside of the locker. <laughs> That's incredible. Like from just from a sense of level design, somebody had to go in and put all those notes there, you know? Exactly. Make... You're like, <laughs> you're just like, but yeah. And then you're gonna like lean back. You can like push your face sort of like forward to the grate to kind of like look forward, mm-hmm. and then you can lean back and bring up the motion detector to kind of just like see if you're still having the motion detector on or off, and like if it's safe to come out. Mm-hmm. And hiding, you can hide for like a pretty good stretch of time, but. I guess because, excuse me, I guess because they justify it with, like, the alien can hear the heartbeat or whatever, that, like, if the alien walks past, like, two or three times, it'll just tear open the really? the door. Like, there's no, like, perma-safe hiding spot. Hmm. <clears throat> so, it's like, you kind of got to, like, wait for, like, it'll, like, go, but then you, like... You got to take that opportunity. Yeah, to exactly. Like, I've done a lot of things where, like, I'll pop out of the, pop out of the closet and, like, if I can, like, shoot a thing down the hallway and then hide back in the closet again until I see the alien, like, go down and then, like, duck out and go the other way. Like, fucking, like, super intense, though. Right. Like, and I, I would say that they're... They should maybe be a little bit more generous with the... Where you... Like, how often you can save and where you could save. Like, if you could... I know, I know it seems dumb. Like, I know you're a big fan of, like, hardcore gaming. But when... Uh-huh. But when the game is that unfair that the alien can just pop out of a vent and kill you. Right. Like there's sometimes that happens and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to reload. Yeah. And sometimes that's really far back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're just sort of like, you're like, okay, I just got to redo it. And like, there's been a couple sections where I need to do things like four or five times, like right. just to, and I was like, I get it. The aliens there and it's scary. And it's like, <laughs> it, in a way, it like, rem- like when you're going through the same section, it removes the scariness. Like yeah, in a of new- course, because you know where everything is going to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, in a new space, the alien can be scary again. Yeah. But you're, like, you're selling yourself short by making me do this five times. It stopped being scary. It started being annoying. For sure. For sure. You know? Sure. So, so there's that. And the other game that I haven't played yet, but mm-hmm. I picked up because it was on Boxing Day sale for $30, was I finally picked up the Mad Max game. Oh, excellent. I can't wait to hear how that really is. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, Guillaume... Who was here on Keith Miss, yeah. who is married to Sam, who writes for the site. Yep. He said it was like one of his like standout games of 2015. He's yep. like he's like kind of out of nowhere. He's like I know he's like he's like if you read the reviews, it says it has problems and it has those problems, but he's like the fun factor of it like, overshadows overshadows those. those issues. He's like I'm not saying it's like a flawless. I just watched the Total Biscuit review of it, and he said exactly the same thing. Like you you kind of like you went into it kind of expecting a whole bunch of things, and then it very well delivered on all of those, despite all this myriad bugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's just like some glitches and all that shit. So yeah, it was a uh, it was thirty bucks on uh, on Boxing Day time. Yeah, I went out to Steam today and yesterday trying to find something to play, and I uh, didn't wasn't able to find anything new. The, the The game I've been most recently into is called Renowned Explorers International Adventurers, something like that. 
And um, <laughs> the idea is it's uh, it sounds a, great. You know the it, title it of it is. and everything. It, except that it, it's its title is so complicated. I always forget it. The um the idea is that it's like the early 1800s, and you have to form a band of intrepid Indiana Jones style adventurers to go out and explore ruins and bring back archaeological goods and whatever. Okay. Um, and it's a rogue light. Okay. So when you die, it's game over, and there's no real saving between the sections of the game. And so, and it's like very, very difficult to actually finish the game. Is there a, is there like a legacy system at all, or are you a little bit? It? Yeah. So you have um, there's like 15 characters who are divided between the classes of like scout, diplomat, fighter, and uh, rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, sorry, scientist, rogue, fighter, and diplomat. Mm-hmm. And um, you can only take three people into your party. So you're always missing one aspect of the fighting system. Right. And um, you'll do, like, an expedition to uh, Central Africa or expedition to the pyramids. And then you have, like, um, a bunch of different nodes to jump to as you kind of, like, step along the adventure. And you try and get as many treasures or resources or whatever and bring it back to base at the end of every every adventure. And then you have mm-hmm. to do five adventures before the game ends. Okay. And uh, and if you the game ends, there's like I said, nothing nothing carries over. Nothing carries over from okay. one. Oh no, sorry. The one thing that carries over is that if you play enough with one of the adventurers, you can unlock them as like an expedition leader. And when they're the leader of the three, they give the party like a like a benefit that's unique to the guy. Okay, you kind of cool. unlock extra characters. Cool. But um, otherwise, no, it's all. Because uh... yeah, that was kind of one of the things. Like, I, I put a lot of time, and I feel bad that I've never beaten it. Mm-hmm. Uh, into Rogue Legacy. Yep. Uh, and like Rogue Legacy was kind of cool because it was like <clears throat> each. Your expedition into the castle was yep. like unique. It was always a randomly generated castle. It's like a two D, two D side scrolly thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's it. But like, you build up your town, so you're like you're always like no matter how shitty you do, if you yeah. have a few XPs, you can like set up your little town to have like better. Don't you also play this the child of your adventurer? Yeah. So you get like you inherit some of the benefits. No, no, no. no. So you can increase the overall like HP and MP and whatever of okay. your lineage. So you're always like, but that's like you buy it in the town, right? Yeah, it was fun. I don't know. I never beat it. Yeah, I never beat it either. I played it a bunch of times and kind of. I got. I got pretty far into it. This uh, renowned explorers thing, though, is really like it's very, very charming and and much deeper strategically than you expect. It kind of sounds, in a way, like when you were talking about this, and you can tell me if I'm like way off Uh base. It kind of sounds like Eldritch sort of. Like, but like about adventuring. Like, we have like a little team of people, and they go around, and they do things. What you mean, like the board game? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. It's exactly that kind of tone of going on these wacky eighteen yeah. hundreds adventure, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that that's like the 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 like skin of the game is that neato that world. Scott, what are you playing? Uh, I'm playing this little new face uh, blah, 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 mobile game. Okay, it's called Little Alchemist. Okay, Little Alchemist. You play a little alchemist. Well, it's like a, like, oddly a no. CCG, but you play online with cards. Is it actually it's a card game? Is it actually it's like really a good fun. card game, or is it just like a, a terrible grind of a phone game? No, it's a card game, but all the cards are digital. Right? You just you play the game, you win cards, you put them in your deck. You know how how it, other people are, uh, AI. How is like a Magic the Gathering? Kind of? Mm-hmm. Way more simple. Gameplay is a lot more simple than that. Okay. That I picked it up because the art was cartoony and nice. Okay. <laughs> and cartoony and nice. I was going to say, magic is well, pretty simple, man. A lot, yeah. of the, a lot of the games I find that I can play on my phone are, like, super graphics intensive. Okay. And, like, try to be really awesome looking. But it's, like, it's a three-inch screen. Like, I yeah, don't yeah, care. yeah. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I don't care about the like, graphics really, of my iPhone. Like, I play a lot of like 16-bit games. I play a lot of that kind of stuff on my phone because it's just, it's like fun and little, and I only want to play for a few minutes at a time. Right. And uh, I downloaded this game a couple days ago mm-hmm. and played it for like three hours straight. All right, crazy. Just like that's high praise for a phone game. If it lasts longer than one poop, you know it's a, the game's done good. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, and I've totally enjoyed it. It's like. It's the gameplay is pretty simple, and the like collector improve your deck aspect. So we just describe the game there, to me. but painless. Sell me uh, on the game. If I'm gonna go download this right now or not. All right. So the alchemy in your deck, there's a whole bunch of like different, um, what's that? Like items that are on cards. <laughs> so things like fire, uh, water drops, human, snake. Tree, so like, 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 like mana, like 
alchemy like elements but not really elements but like maybe alchemical elements like snakeskin is yeah. an alchemical element not actually and they an have element. no but like a snake like you can mix a snake with a piece of metal and get them an armored snake okay and they have attack and damage okay ratings and then two cards that you play one card against someone and you'll measure attack and damage and it'll like hit the alchemists hit points the idea is like magic you bring the other the players hit points down to zero okay but because it's alchemy you can play two cards at once and they'll merge into a new card which will have special powers got it and so So, i guess that's where the like even though it sounds very basic that's kind of where the deck building element comes from is you probably want to like that's it have your there's like a thousand different cards yeah and you have to learn the new combinations and see what merges together to be like useful. To like form stronger cards. And not all the alchemy is automatically like a stronger card. Right. Like if you play human plus vampire, you get zomb- undead. And undead is just like a shitty card. Hmm. You're like, it's, oh, I made a freaking ghoul. Oh, shit. Like, I'd rather just have played the vampire. Right. Man, it's so it's cool. Fun. It's fun. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun and it's, like I said, it's really intuitive. So when you're playing, you don't have to like there and like master it. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to talk like, to you in a few weeks to hit if you if you find if you hit the paywall. Yeah, like the part where you cannot be better without paying. So far, there's a lot of like um, competition where you play through X amount of levels, mm-hmm. and you can win like a, a top line card, a gold card, or yeah, a, yeah. a prismatic card. So you can actually play your way up cool. rather than just go buy your prismatic. Cards. I found that with the the game that I I kind I kind of put down because I ended up having a good deck than the deck won too often was the Card Wars game the uh, the Adventure Time Card Wars game which was hmm. r- really neat because there was like there were um, whenever there were whenever they did like monthly competitions they just put you into a group of a hundred it wasn't an entire player base okay. so if you got like you and could end up in a in a group that nobody could compete with. Not you to on. say nobody can compete with you, but it's just but it's also the rewards for not finishing first in the group and mm-hmm. then top ten in the group. And finishing like top ten out of a hundred like was pretty doable. Like it was like and the top ten rewards were like pretty good cards, right. and the top one reward was like really really good cards. So it was just it was kind of a neat system that didn't involve like paying a lot of money and just kind of like hmm. or paying any money really. Like I think I just think it was a game that you actually paid one time front. For like it was like a, a three or four dollar game. And you could pay money for card packs and stuff, but it was kind of like the matchmaking wasn't just pay to win. Right. But then I ended up with, I mean, I should probably go back because maybe they've added cards. <laughs> and there's like, but it was just like it got to the point where unless I was playing someone who had like a full, full, full crazy tier deck, mm-hmm. I was beating like 95% of the people that I was playing against. So I was like, meh. Like, and, that, and that person may have just had, like more time to play the game to build that deck and not necessarily yeah fair but i mean but yeah exactly but it's like but if you were to win like first i think they're like weekly competitions so if you played like if you played and were paying to win basically you'd stay on top and stay on top it would take you i'd say about three months and you'd have a completely unstoppable god deck if you wanted to like i'm saying like if you and you wouldn't necessarily have to pay like if you just finished first every week for 12 weeks your deck would be like pretty much unstoppable because like the the one rank star cards were really really powerful we are closing in on 90 minutes well that we're talking that we've been talking yeah. we've been closing in and we're closing in on 60 minutes for this podcast yes, yes which is where are. the podcast will actually end for the listeners closing thoughts so i want to say i want to say something to our listeners wait you had a thing that you wanted to talk about scott Did? you said that you were like oh i wanted to get to this i don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> Fine, Scott. I don't remember what it is, man. That's your thing. So fine. A special message. I just wanted to ask our listeners to like rate us on iTunes or leave us a little review. They won't do it, man. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a reason behind that because giving us a couple ratings and giving us a a review or two will make iTunes think that this is a podcast worth listening to, and that's how you get into like the featured podcast of the week and stuff. So if you Hmm. are listening to it and you kind of like it. Why don't you just for free go and support us by That'd be nice. giving us a rating and That's what we want for like Christmas. Us. Yes. <laughs> if you guys make have it, not... make it make it your resolution. Yeah. Your New Year's resolution to like us and comment us on iTunes and shit. 
do it, you guys. This was the 9 to 5 Entertainment System special 90-minute episode that you only got to hear 60 minutes of. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.